Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hello, I'm Baylin Leonard. Welcome along to the Country Music Talk podcast. How are you? Uh, before we get to this week's episode, just a reminder that if you love country music, you can always join me weekdays on Absolute Radio Country for the no-repeat guarantee. It's a perfect mix of the best country. We love new stuff, old stuff. It'll get you right through your day. You can find us on DAB Radio in the UK or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. So, on this episode, I catch up with the singer-songwriter Stephen Wilson Jr., Backstage at Highways Festival at the Royal Albert Hall. Here's what happened. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. Backstage at Royal Albert Hall, it's Highways. I'm Baylin Leonard. It's Absolute Radio Country. Uh, And I have somebody fresh from the stage, uh, still with a towel around his neck. Not really. It's Stephen Wilson Jr. I'm going to go get a towel. <laughs> get you. Where are your people with a towel? Give me a towel. Uh, how was that, Stephen? The crowd seemed to be right there with you. How was it for you? Yeah, it was very overwhelming. It was, was it? Uh, um, like in a great way. Um, like a, uh, overwhelming of the emotions and the senses in and, and the best way possible. It was truly very fun. Like I had a, a, a really good time. That's the goal, right? Yeah, that's the goal. One of the goals. And so, you know, I always have fun at shows but uh, this was just i don't know it was just really palpably fun and uh the audience couldn't have been sweeter i'd like to say it's just how i imagined but i, I kind of had no no standards for it i just kind of did you know anything about the venue before of course you yes yeah uh, and you know i got to see the hall and you know walk around and and get even more nervous after i saw it but uh <laughs> i had no expectations of how the crowd would be and sure like just what actually playing a show would be like yeah it's, uh, it's a funny old thing being a musician i'd imagine because you know you, sometimes you're playing a black box or you know yeah. a basement bar or you're playing a festival and then sometimes you're playing a room like the royal albert hall which is just yeah. something that is so different than so many other venues in the world yeah there's nothing like that and i mean i've i've played a lot of venues in my life mm. but there there's nothing like what i just experienced that was well, congratulations. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Is <laughs> and con- congratulations on your uh, career and how it's all going as well. I, we were thank just talking you. out in the corridor there. I think the last time we saw each other in person yeah. about a year ago in Nashville at CMA Fest. And um, so much seems to, you know, have been happily watching everything that's been going on with you. And of course, you know, love playing your music on the radio. But uh, it seems like from the outside, so much has happened. Does it feel like that for you in the past year? Yeah, it does, and the the level of activity is 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 there too. I've been very busy. It's been just like I feel like I've been on a marathon. A lot has happened in in the past year. Like since CMA Fest, that was kind of like the beginning of the beginning of me really kind of meeting everybody. I've kind of I just come over here playing with Brothers Osborne. Yeah, I started my artist career in the middle of a pandemic, so it was like good time. A lot, of, yeah, great timing. So yeah, it was like you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Like, yeah. it was it was all sort of beta testing from a from my perspective, a scientist perspective, like putting the songs out, seeing how people would react to them, and then there's a whole other thing like going on tour and like having that experience because that to me is the most important thing. But going out and connecting with people live, it was one of the most special experiences for me as a listener. I've had like some of the most 
incredible like spiritual experiences at shows and I guess that's my job now to try to convey the music so people can perhaps reciprocate in whatever fashion. It's interesting to hear you talk about uh, your scientific background, you know, saying as a scientist, because you moved yeah. to Nashville to study microbiology, was it? That's correct, yeah. But then you also talked about the spiritual experience you're having, and I yeah. think a lot of people consider people either, you know, of a scientific mind mm-hmm. or of a, a spiritual mind, and, but obviously as an artist, and with your scientific background, you seem to have both. We could get deep with this, right? Yes, kinds of let's go. Like the, the, you know, <laughs> like the, the state of the world today, and there are people who believe science, or there are people yeah. who believe religion or spirituality or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and it's so nice to hear somebody who believes both. Yeah, well, I don't think they're exclusive to each other. And but a lot of people do. I know, and I think that's just human tribalism, and it just that's just what we do. Like, we kind of... Just, you know, tribe up with an idea, would tribe up with a political ideology, whatever it is. That's a whole other can of worms to get into. But I just think that's just what people do. They just want to feel part of something, and ideologies make them feel part of something. Yeah. Uh, but there is uh, an inclusivity to from science to spirituality and spirituality to science. Even in creativity, there's a lot of analysis. There's a lot of... Uh, but there's also a lot of creativity in it and the analytical side of at least for me when I was a scientist it wasn't just all numbers I was trying to use the creative aspect of my brain to see what else I could conjure up at a certain point you can't understand everything and even the greatest scientists in the world uh, from Einstein and beyond they they all had a point in their careers where they let go and Mm -hmm. I think for me that is what this is and that's what this hat reminds me of to let go that's why I wear these you know this kind of thing to let you know there's something bigger out there just because we can't quantify it doesn't mean it doesn't exist I mean electromagnetism has been around forever and we couldn't quantify that you know until like a hundred years ago or so and it doesn't mean it didn't exist Mm -hmm. just because we couldn't quantify it and maybe someday we'll be able to quantify spirituality in some fashion whether we do or not i'm not really worried about that but i think with our evolution as a species maybe that'll happen and if it doesn't so be it i I think you know those are the things that just kind of connect us and you know when you play music and you know we can sit around and talk about which chords evoke emotions and oh is it a minor chord or is it diminished chord for sadness do you can you mm. can you evoke an emotion with a major chord you can get into the science of music if yeah. you really you know music and emotion but at the end of the day there's just something really mysterious about music tom petty once said it it's like it's the truest form of magic you'll ever actually find magic is illusion at least that what we know of is magic and there's nothing illusionary about music. It's just, it is what it is. It's very much a it's present experience. It's interesting, though, experience. How, how music can, the same song can affect different totally, people in yeah. so many different ways, right? That's, that's the beautiful thing about it. And as a songwriter, you let go of that, and it just takes on this whole other form that you never even imagined. Yeah. Hey, as a songwriter, <clears throat> um, so tell me if I've got this right. Before you kind of were like, hey, I'm, I'm an artist, and I'm, mm-hmm. this is my thing, you, you obviously had some success with songwriting yeah with some major artists you know whether it was uh, old dominion or you know uh, loads there's loads that you had and so was that a whole different side of your brain when you're writing for somebody else or do you just write the song and then whether you do it or whether somebody else does it do you know do you have to use different parts of your brain yeah well there was a time uh, when i uh, 
was just mainly a staff writer and I was primarily writing for other people. Uh, I wasn't really thinking of me singing them. I wasn't, yeah, that just became. Well, because you didn't want to be an artist or I just you were never just doing thought your job? Of myself. I thought, well, I just, yeah, I never thought of myself as an artist. It okay. wasn't that I didn't want to be one. I just never think of myself as one. Right. Like in that sense, like going out and, um, and then, you know, I had, I had a lot of, I call pageant moms in my life kind of throwing me on stage like no you're an artist and they would throw me on like no you got to do this and that that, I had a lot of help kind of getting me into the artist seat Um, but yeah when I was a staff writer for BMG and I still write for BMG but the goal was to get cuts on other people's records Um, but the primary goal was to figure out how to be the best songwriter that I could be and my publisher Chris Oglesby he had people asking him like who's singing these demos like what what's this dude doing like is he an artist does he want to be an artist and uh so we had that conversation early on which was really weird to me i was like are you serious people want to hear me sing but i but he was like his goal was like if you put the song first and and if the artist stuff is meant to happen it'll happen being a great songwriter is being an artist of course and uh so it's really and not, it's not necessarily that it works the other way around. So I think that was my foundation. That was what I started with. And, it, and I, that's what I'll always start with as an artist. You know, I went up there tonight as a songwriter. Like, I went up there as a, a servant to the song, mm-hmm. not a servant to my ego or my whatever. That's a rare my, thing. Or my bank history, account you know? or whatever. I just... I work for the songs, and that the song is the most important band member on stage, more important than me. I tell that to my band when we play full band, like the song is the lead singer, and I'm just supporting that. So if you're stepping, if you're getting in the way of the song, then that's, you know, we got problems in that way. That, that way it just kind of keeps everybody's egos yeah. out of the way, like the song is the master. There's no egos in music. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, congratulations on the EP, Bon Aqua. Thank that's, you. that's the name of the uh, town you live in, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just outside of Nashville? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's out where the water is good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of natural springs and stuff out there. And when my father passed away, uh, I spent a lot of time in them, just kind of let the water run over me. And I still do. I don't know. There was just something really that drew me out there and drew Johnny Cash out there. He has a lot of history out there, too, if you look into Bon Aqua and Johnny Cash. And, um, yeah, there was just something very special about it. I live, like, as a crow flies, like, 0.3 miles from Johnny's home. It just it kind of drew me out there. I don't really know how I got out there. So when we started you know, making music, and it just seemed like, you know that you know everything starts with good water mm. at least from my experience as a microbiologist i used to do a lot of water treatment and right. um there was something very symbolic about the water um even in chemistry like everything from aspirin to shampoo to dog food everything i've made in a lab it started with water whether it's in processing or raw materials and it has to be good water it can't just be any old just nasty tap water mm. like if you drink gatorade like the water has to be really good or the Gatorade will taste really bad. Same with Coca-Cola, like their water filtration is like the primary reason why all these products taste good is because of the quality of the water. So that's really the base level thing for uh, for anything. So when I started this, that's like I kind of, I wanted it to be like, the, okay, water is the, the base of it. And to me, it just meant a lot more. It's like the Bon Aqua is the song and yeah. it's the, it's the base, the, the base of the whole so it's career. Like literally there's something in the water. Yeah. 
perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is. There actually is. And the uh, universal solvent. Well, yeah, that's yeah, always absolutely. what I remember. Yeah, and people used to fly all over to like bathe in the springs back in the oh. day during the um, typhoid fever era and stuff like that. Have Rest you been to Bath in the UK? Uh-uh. Because that's, it's a spa town where the water... Good. It was all about the water, and people would go there yeah. to bathe in these waters, and it's still a spa town. Yeah. It's also beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully you're going to be over here a lot more. Yeah, I want so to go to bath. Take a bath, bath and bath. Yeah. Some people say bath. Some people say bath. It's a whole discussion. Yeah. But just go there. All right. You'll, you, I think you'll enjoy it, especially with your water thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the single American Gothic we love with Haley Witters, what a joy oh. she is. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. She's my hero. Yeah, I'm just a dear friend. Else. Yeah, we're uh, both cornfield kids, and yeah. And uh, do you have any? Do you have any um, clothes with corn on it? Because last time I saw Haley Witter, she was wearing a corn cob yeah, skirt. Yeah, yeah. She's very. Um, <coughs> she's very pro corn. Yeah, corn oriented. <laughs> she is. She is cor- corn oriented. I don't know. There's a pun there. I really want her to do a Christmas album called A Corny Christmas. Oh, Can you yeah, please tell me that, that for me? <laughs> <laughs> corn in the USA. But uh, yeah, I think yeah, she's a. Uh, yeah, she's she's one of the hardest working uh, musicians and songwriters out there, and yeah, I just have a massive amount of respect for her. I met her in writers' rooms when you know neither of us were really artists. We were both like writing for other people, and she was getting cuts, you know, on other people's records. And so yeah, we, like we kind of started from the same right spot. And I think she's kind of one of those artists that kind of puts the song first too. Yeah really supports it and she just she's her own thing and in a in a, in a beautiful brilliant way and um yeah i think we have also a lot of kind of connections from our upbringing she's from iowa i'm from southern indiana we both kind of grew up in cornfields and uh, we're terrified of children in the corn and ufos and stuff <laughs> so we uh we had a we just had a lot to talk about when we kind of met each other. And oh, my Lord, I'm going to have to talk to her about You know, it, it, my, my grandparents had a, a farm with a big old cornfield on it, which uh, I was so attracted to slash scared of yeah. at the same time. But I, lo- I used to love going and getting lost in the cornfield. Yeah, you can. that's the thing. You can get lost in a cornfield. You corn absolutely can get lost you will in a cornfield. Uh, you, know, you lose orientation. You mm-hmm. will not know where you are. Like I've ran around on cornfields screaming, like, does someone give me <laughs> help? <laughs> <Just> help. <laughs> someone just say something so I can hear it. And when voice. you're a kid, you're too short to jump oh, yeah. up high oh, yeah. enough for them to actually Hell, see you. So you adult. just got to, like, wiggle the corn. Yeah, Congratulations on everything, Stephen. Thank you, Bailey. It's so exciting what's been happening, and it's been a pleasure to um, have met you, you know, like a year or two ago, and now to see you here oh, at the Rollout Hall, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Oh, thank you so much for, for all of that and having this interview, and I apologize for being a little discombobulated and, you are and not jet discombobulated, <laughs> which is one of my favorite words, by it's the way, good, It's a good word. A uh, lot of syllables. And never apologize so for being yourself. That's what we love. <laughs> thank you, Bailey. But you got me. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. Thanks so much for listening to the Country Music Talk podcast backstage at Highways at the Royal Albert Hall. Now, while you're here, make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already, and that way you'll never miss any of the biggest guests in country music. And I will see you on the next one. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. 
It's the place where real music matters. And we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK. Or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 